If you like the podcast, make sure to hit subscribe and follow to get the latest on the Warriors every day. And if you really like the podcast, leave a review or tell a friend. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it is a Friday edition of Locked On Warriors. I'm Wes Goldberg, Warriors beat writer for the Mercury News, joined by my friend Connor Letourneau, the Warriors beat writer for the San Francisco Chronicle. Connor, it's been too long since I've had you on the pod, man. And now we're just a day away from the All-Star break and we're recording this. I know, I know. It's, uh, it's crazy. Time flies. It does. Um, and so... We're, we're approaching the All-Star break, like I said. The second half of the season comes there right after that. And the first half of the season has been up and down, kind of uh, interesting, I think. But overall, I think the Warriors are right where we thought that they would be after Klay Thompson went down with his Achilles injury. You and I talked about this, and we, when we were asked about it, what did you think the Warriors would be? Fringe playoff team is what we all said. And right now, that's exactly what they are. They're a fringe playoff team. That said... They have been, there have been some major developments over the first half of the season. That, that leads to some of the biggest questions we have uh, for the second half of the season. That's what we're going to do here today. We're going to review our biggest questions for the Warriors the second half. We're going to talk about Steph Curry, what the Warriors could do in the playoffs. But I want to start with the, the biggest thing, Connor, and that's the trade deadline on March 25th. And I'll just start with this. Um, I was talking to one league executive, and he told me that he expects that trade talks will start to ramp up closer to that March 25th deadline. But for right now, most teams are just still in the process of figuring out if they're buyers or sellers. And that I think that makes the next half dozen games or so for several teams, not just the Warriors, uh, very important. Right now, do you think that the Warriors should be buyers or sellers at the deadline? Um, that's a good question. I actually think it's a tough question because I think they could be buyers, but it wouldn't be buyers for this season, if that makes sense. Sure. Uh, I don't. I don't think they should be buyers in terms of trying to trace a chase a uh, a playoff seed or uh, trying to potentially win a first round series. I think every move they make, if they do make a move, needs to be about the long term outlook, specifically next season. Um, and you know, there's been a lot of questions about Kelly Oubre's future with the Warriors. I'd personally be open to trading Kelly Oubre for a piece that could help you next season because I just don't see Kelly Oubre coming back next season. Um, and that's not just because of how the Warriors feel about him, but it's really more about Kelly Oubre. I know Kelly has said he'd like to stay with the Warriors long-term, um, which is something every player is going to say. Uh, but the reality is that it just doesn't make sense really for him to come back next season. He, he's, he's a guy who wants to be a go-to option for a team and he would be the sixth, seventh guy on this team next season with a healthy play. So that's not a long-term marriage. And if you can parlay Kelly's stellar play recently into it, just like a solid rotation piece next season, I would do it. Yeah. And so that's the big one, right? Is Kelly Oubre. And I agree with you, you know, Bob Myers came out in that interview with NBC sports um, saying that, you know, Kelly Oubre's in their long-term plans and all those things. I don't know about you. That struck me as posturing almost to Joe Lake up specifically and saying, we want to be able to maintain the salary cap slot. Please pay it and the, and the luxury tax that com- comes along with it. I do think that ultimately Ubre is probably not going to be on the Warriors next season. Because look, first of all, 
The only reason he is playing so well, I shouldn't say that, not the only reason, but one of the major factors in why he's playing so well is that he's playing next to Steph and Draymond and the way that Draymond is able to create plays for him, right? Uh, the way that Steph is able to space the floor. But Ubre next year is not going to be playing that much alongside those guys. He's going to be coming off the bench. And we saw how, you know, earlier in the year, he wasn't great in that bench unit, you know, because Clay Thompson's going to come back. So I don't know that he's going to be as good for them next year as he has uh, been for them this year, even though I think he could play a nice role. But then how much are you paying for a guy to come off the bench? That's a lot of money. I, I wonder if they'd be better off moving him now that he's playing well moving him for somebody who's already under contract next year, who fits more along the lines of what they need next season. And I know that this name came up and then we talked about it and then we sort of gotten away from it as it was, I was, you know, the warriors were very public in dismissing the idea. Can we go back to Lonzo ball? I really do think that that would be a good fit. His three point shot, his, his three point shot has come along so well in February. I'm a believer in Lonzo. Every Warriors fan that has Wiseman regret right now, just go get the other ball brother who you now want, go get Lonzo ball. And he fits the the poor man's LaMelo ball, I suppose. But I, I, I think he fills a need for them. I don't, I don't love him to be honest. I I think I'm just personally not a fan of uh, NBA guards who can't, shoot um and he, but he can shoot now he i'm not i'm not i haven't looked at the numbers recently so maybe 40 40 plus better. percent in february he's having like a him him and kelly Oubre basically did the same thing he came out he he couldn't shoot and now in february he, he all of a sudden can shoot okay well you got to take the entire uh career into account here uh just because he's shooting well this month does not mean he's a great shooter um yeah. i just don't I don't love I don't think he has like any phenomenal skill. Like he's not as good of a passer as people thought he was coming out of UCLA. He's not as good defensively as people thought he was coming out of UCLA. Um, I think that there are better players that you could get for Kelly Uber, especially given how Kelly has played over the past month. I mean, there's going going to be a team or two who's in the thick of it who sees Kelly Ubre as that piece that kind of helped put them over the top. Um so I, I think they need to be aggressive. I think I think Bob has a tendency to just, just as far as I know, I think Bob has a tendency to kind of hang back and and take phone calls rather than uh, mm-hmm. make the phone calls. And I think he needs to be aggressive in making the phone calls um, because the way Kelly has played has made him a real asset, and that's been a huge development. And if you're just gonna end up letting him walk in free agency, that's a that's an opportunity squandered in my opinion. Especially because you traded a, a first round pick for him, and and yeah, the eighty million dollar luxury tax hit potentially for him. So not so you and I disagree on Lonzo Ball. I think that everything that Warriors fans wish they had from Lamelo, as far as the passing, the court vision, and the versatility, and all that stuff, Lonzo Ball would give you some of those same things. But he's more established, I think, than Lamelo. I know that Lamelo is the new exciting guy, but in again, go past the YouTube highlights. There are nights where Lamelo Ball is shooting one for eight, one for nine and, and making, you know, really bad turnovers and stuff. I think Lonzo's a little bit of a safe, not, not the upside, but a little bit safer right now for a Warriors team that can make playoffs. But okay, let's, let's go away from Lonzo. I've got three other names for you, Connor, that I would, if I were Bob, I would get on the phone and call these teams. Number one, Davis Bertans from Washington. Could you trade Ubre back to the Wizards and get Bertans out of it? Because now you've got a floor spacing four or five, who could be a real asset to you, obviously spacing the floor in the front court next to Draymond Green. 
Uh, I'm, not, I'm not really sure where he fits in. I don't think you can really make him your starting center. I don't know that you, you maybe you could play him at the three, but you already got Wiggins there and Clay Thompson coming back. So maybe he comes off the bench, but I think you can get to some interesting lineups there. The salary works. He's under contract. What do you think about Bertans? I've always liked Bertans. Um, he was phenomenal last season, which is why he got that contract. He hasn't been as good this season. Um, yeah. But uh, he's an elite shooter. Um, I think he – did he lead the league in three-point shooting last season? He was last right up year, here. yeah. Yeah, and so he's an elite three-point shooter. You can't have too much shooting. Um, he's not good defensively, and I know the Warriors are really looking for guys who can be factors defensively, especially if you're losing Ubre, who has been yeah. – plus defense a plus defensively i don't know he's not no, that's, you had you had on the main thing there it's defense that's why i probably wouldn't do it there is there's the two other guys i like more than bertans but you're right it's the defensive issue yeah and he's there's not you don't need to have another floor spacer you don't like i it wouldn't of course you could always have more floor spacers but i don't think at this point the Warriors are really hurting in that department especially when you welcome playback right and so all right moving past thaddeus young He's under contract next year. Plays, I, I think you could, he could come off your bench as a sixth man. And I, he would be a better fit than I think Ubre is next year as a sixth man. As good as Ubre has been again this year, I think coming off the bench, you need a guy who can, you know, pass a little bit more than Ubre does, defend a couple of more positions than Ubre does. And Ubre's, you know, defensive position kind of is redundant of Clay Thompson's defensive position. Uh, and I think you can get again into some interesting lineups with Draymond Green and Thad- Thaddeus Young potentially closing games in the front court. What do you think about that? And he can hit. He can hit threes from the corner. Um. Yeah, you know the thing about Thaddeus Young is he is he's like one of those guys in the NBA who's had a sneaky good career, right? I mean, right. I think he he's borderline irrelevant. Like people don't talk about him at all. And I don't think they've talked about him for, for years, but this is a guy who has a career average of 13.1 points per game on over 50% shooting 5.9 rebounds. Like, and he's been very consistent throughout his career. I think he's a guy who could come in and and play that sixth, seventh, eighth man role for a very good team. I I like that one a lot actually. And I think it's doable. Yeah, I think with Chicago, they're they're trying to get younger. They can use some wing help. Uh, Thaddeus Young seems to be on the market. The only problem is that you've got Ubre on an expiring contract, but you have his bird rights. You could potentially but bring him Chicago, back. I think Chicago could potentially have a chance of keeping him long term yeah. because he would be their number two option. Yeah, and you know you're selling him on being this number two option along with another young stud and. Zach Levine and, and you, you're building this young core and, and you've got new, a new coach and maybe you can, you know, pitch him on being a top guy on a team that could be a playoff team soon. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think that that is of the three names we've talked about so far. That's, that's by far my favorite. Yeah. I think also, you know, if you're the Warriors, you'd have to, you'd have to avoid throwing in another draft pick. I don't even know how many, like, it would have to be a second round pick at this point. I don't think they have enough. They have one more first that they could trade in like 2027. You don't want to do that. Uh, so that I would try to be, I would try to avoid doing the paperclip game if you were the Warriors, but I think you could get that young just straight up for Kelly Oubre. I, I don't know. It depends well, on, it depends Kelly on what Uber's other offers they're getting. Kelly Oubre is a better player. So, yeah. uh, and he's younger. Like, it's, but it, it's, it, I would say the only reason would be because he's on an expiring contract. And again, I don't, you have his bird rights. You, you just got to hope that 
he would want to come back. So whatever team that Kelly Oubre is traded to, that team would need assurances that, hey, I'd be willing to stay here if I'm Oubre. And that team would basically say, well, we'll give you $20 million a year or something, whatever it's going to be for him to stay there. Uh, but Chicago, look, Kelly Oubre is a fashion guy. Chicago is a good place for that, right? You get to wear layers, like cool yeah. coats and stuff. I, it's not the worst place for Oubre. Um, last one. Larry Nance Jr. from Cleveland. Ooh, that's intriguing. I, I've always liked Larry Nance Jr. Uh, and I, I feel bad for him that he's had to play in Cleveland, you know, uh, in the post-LeBron years. He's, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's one, to me, one of those guys who is being asked to do too much in Cleveland. I think he would be better suited as, like a seventh, eighth guy on a on a good team, um, which is what he would be for the Warriors. So, um, you know, I I like him. You know, he's shooting thirty eight percent from three this year, um, which is a market improvement from the rest of his career. If he could keep that up, um, and you know, he's good defensively. He's uber athletic. Um, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. I, between him and Thad Young, who would you rather have? Um, he's younger than Thad Young. He's younger. He could play the same position as Thad Young. He could play. He'd probably play more center for you than Young can. I, I just think that with Larry Nance, everything that we're hearing out of Cleveland is that they love him, and I and it would probably end up uh, coming down to extra draft picks to go get Nance. And if that were the if it were if it were Kelly Oubre for Young straight up versus Kelly Oubre for Nance with some picks that you're also sending to Cleveland, I would rather have Thaddeus Young. Even if, if, if we were in a vacuum, just player versus player, I'd rather have Nance. But both both of them could play some wing, too. I mean, they're, both, For they're sure. both pretty positionless. I mean, um, and I think that's what the Warriors don't really need, like, a power forward. I think what they need is a guy who, look, we've seen them close games with Draymond Green and Eric Paschal or Draymond Green and Juan Descano-Anderson. And unless you're super into that lineup, if you're the Warriors, and it hasn't been all that effective for them, I think you can upgrade that other spot. And Thaddeus Young and Larry Nance could do that. And obviously, I think you're going to need an upgrade for when Draymond Green is on the bench, right? Because they've just not been very good in those minutes. Um, and, you know, those minutes often coincide with Steph Curry uh, going to the bench too. And that's probably the bigger part of it. But um, if, if you're talking about Oubre leaving for nothing versus getting a guy under contract like Thaddeus Young or Larry Nance Jr., um, I, I, think that, I think that would be the move. And, and to, back to your point, if Bob Myers does trade Ubre, it's got to be for something that helps them next year. Uh, not just somebody who's under contract for next year, but a player who fits in with what it is that they're going to try to accomplish next year when Clay Thompson is in there, who fits those lineups and those sort of things. I still like Lonzo Ball. That'd be my guy. Sounds like you prefer Thaddeus Young or Larry Nance. Maybe there's somebody else. Uh, names like Evan Fournier have been thrown around. He's same thing with Ubre though. He's on an expiring contract, and I don't know that you can afford to bring him back. I want to talk about James Wiseman's development next, but first, let's talk about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of the sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, March Madness, and NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time, updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up today. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Again, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, but only when you use that promo code Locked On. 
Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Let's move on uh, from the trade deadline thing. I want to get to James Wiseman and his development in the second half of the season. To me, that's going to be one of the most major questions for the Warriors um, over the next 30-plus games. And his minutes since moving to the bench now, hovering around 11-12 per game. If he's just going to get those two stints at the end of the first and third quarter, um, do you think 12 minutes a game-ish is enough for James Wiseman and his development? No, I don't. It, it, to me, this is one of the most uh, important and difficult questions facing Steve Kerr this season um, because – Basically, the, the the reality is I know a lot of people, a lot of Warriors fans aren't super high on Kavon because he's not sexy, but anyone who really appreciates the nuance of basketball and appreciates what goes into winning basketball should should be a big Kavon Looney fan because he, it, it seems like consistently throughout his career, last season aside when he was injured, he has been a key part of winning lineups. You know, um, he that, that starting lineup since he went in has been the best, uh, starting lineup, the best lineup period in the entire NBA. Um, partly, largely because of what he provides defensively. He's just so smart. And when you have two really smart guys anchoring the defense like that and Draymond and Gavon, it's huge. Um, so, but that being said, it's like, I do think that you got to give Wiseman more minutes. And I do think at, at some point he needs to be in that starting role. Uh, just because we all know he's the future and he needs to learn from experience. You know, there's no practice. There's very few practices right now um, for him to, to get reps in, you know, he, he needs that experience. And, and honestly, my personal opinion is that this season doesn't really matter. Like who cares really if they make the playoffs, like who really cares if they win a first round series, it doesn't really matter. At yeah. all. I would push back on the playoff thing. I think that if you want to say that you have culture, you have to make the play. You can't miss the playoffs two years in a row. Like culture is like a living, breathing thing. You don't just have it. And I think making the playoffs would be really big for this team. Plus, you know, you get to see Andrew Wiggins in a playoff setting. I think there's major questions about him and whether or not he could step up. And, yeah. and, and but I agree with you. With I, James I, Wiseman. I mean, but even if it's even, more important. It is. Yeah. And so do you eventually start him at the end of the year? and then hopefully make the playoffs. Wiseman's not starting in the playoffs. You would just put Kevon Looney back into the starting lineup for the playoffs, which I think you could do. I don't think that's problematic for either of those players. I would like to see them do, go back to James Wiseman starting the second quarters um, in that second unit with Andrew Wiggins or Eric Paschal. I would like to see them do that because I know it was clunky, but at that point you're at least playing – you're letting Wiseman play 12 straight minutes basically, right, from the, the end of the first quarter – to and through the second half of the second quarter he's just and that to me is the biggest thing just let him play 12 un, uninterrupted minutes right where he's not worried about getting yanked or anything like that let him play through the mistakes the second unit already is not very good so what's the difference in my in my opinion you know and, and I think that would be more important than trying to get minutes for Juan Descano Anderson or Eric Pascal to five you've heard Steve Kerr already say for Pascal and his long-term development he needs to play more four I think you just run high pick and roll with Wiseman and Wiggins over and over again in that second unit and just, and just see what happens. I, I would like to see. And then now you're talking about, you know, 16, 17, 18 minutes per game versus 11 or 12. And I think, I think you can roll with that for the rest of the year, just fine. And Wiseman will learn a lot, you know, and you're still getting him some minutes here and there. 
with the starters, uh, with, with Steph and Draymond. Um, the thing with Wiseman, too, is his development is going to be really important in what the Warriors end up deciding to do with this Minnesota pick, right? Because if he looks like he is so raw and, and still is, uh, is still so far away from really – you know, making a meaningful impact onto this, on this team, especially in a playoff situation. I don't think if you're the Warriors, you can afford to take a player at number four or five and now have not one, but two rookies that you need to find minutes for. And all these questions we were just talking about in regards to Wiseman, find minutes for and develop while you're trying to next season win a championship. I just don't think you can do that with two different players playing real minutes, you know, basically saying, Hey, our sixth and seventh men, instead of Andre Goodall and Sean Livingston are going to be two rookies trying to figure it out. I don't think you can win a championship that way. You know, I'm not even sure you could just do it with Wiseman, right? That's a huge question, but I, I certainly don't think you could do it with two basically rookies. Uh, but if Wiseman um, does look like he's coming along, then maybe you're able to talk yourself into it. I, so you and I also disagree on that point. I, James Wiseman, in my opinion, is not as far away as people are saying. Uh, you know, you look at these games, and there are moments where he looks completely out of his element and overwhelmed. But then you look at this, the box score at the end of the game, and he was decently productive in his minutes. If you exp- extend his minutes right now over 36 minutes, he's averaging like 22 points, 12 rebounds, 2.5 blocks. Like, he's already good, okay? He's already good. Okay, so don't don't talk to me about how he's just some like crappy rookie who's like years away from being any good. He's already fucking good. He's 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 productive, and I think he's been really helpful that way. And, like and there's his that that what you're talking about, his ability to score 15 points in 15 minutes is very very valuable to this team when he's doing that. But the defensive issues, Connor, are still no. glaring. Like he's still got a long, and so I don't know that you can afford to play him in the most meaningful minutes when that stuff matters. This is all I'm saying, right? I'm talking about yeah. in the playoffs, when you were able to rely on guys like Livingston and Iguodala, I think, I, I do think by next year, Wiseman can play meaningful minutes in those situations. But can you afford to, that's just, that's why I'm asking this question. You, you got to see you that over the next court, the, the course of the second half of the season. You can't coach talent, but you can coach, you know, defensive awareness and position right. and spacing. And, you know, that's why I do think that he would really benefit from having more minutes just to get those reps. And you've seen him making strides defensively over the course of the year in little ways. You know, he's, he, he was horrible with the verticality to start the year. It seems like he's getting better at that. He's not biting his, on as many pump fakes as he was at the beginning of the year. He's still very much a work in progress defensively, but uh, he's gotten better. And I think that he needs more minutes to continue to get better. And, and I think that, as much as the Warriors want to win a title with, with Steph and all that, I think they also need to be thinking about the long-term game and, and what's going to happen once Steph and all of them retire. You, they don't want to have to do a complete rebuild, massive rebuild, once right. Steph and Draymond and Clay near retirement. They want to still be relevant, at least. You know, they want, to, they want to follow that Spurs blueprint, which is why you need stud young guys like James Wiseman. I would not part with James Wiseman for almost anyone right now. I really wouldn't. Um, and I wouldn't part with that top three protected pick from Minnesota for almost anyone. And keep in mind, everyone's talking like, oh, my God, Minnesota's the worst team in the league. That's so bad for the Warriors. It's actually good for the Warriors because it means that uh, they can't draft worse than fifth. They can't get worse than the fifth pick in the draft. And they have a 60% chance of getting the fourth or fifth pick 
and a, only a 40% chance of getting a top three pick, which means the Warriors would have a 60% chance of drafting number four or five in a draft where there's at least a half dozen franchise difference makers. Right. Um, I'm not getting rid of that opportunity. <laughs> and then in, in, even if they have to draft in 2022, the, the Timberwolves are still going to be really bad. You could get the number one pick in 2022 and, and draft uh, Shea Holmgren, who's going to be a stud. I'm less enthusiastic about using that Minnesota pick than you are, uh, just because, again, I don't know that you can – it takes so long for rookies to make a meaningful impact. And I'm, I'm encouraged by Wiseman like you are. I'm not going to traffic in Wiseman regret as a lot of other people seem to be doing, right? And in the, the regret over drafting Wiseman over LaMelo Ball. I'm not, I'm not – in, I'm not trafficking in that. Say one thing about that. Sure. LaMelo Ball would not be LaMelo Ball on the Warriors. Yeah. He, yeah, he, wouldn't, he would not be doing the same things that he's doing. He's in a perfect situation for him where he's on an irrelevant franchise that needs a face of the franchise and can go all in on him right now and give him the ball. The Warriors couldn't do that. This episode is sponsored by Blue Chew. Blue Chew is making waves and bringing more confidence to the bedroom. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. Blue Chew's tablets combat all forms of ED and can help men gain extra confidence when it's time to perform. Blue Chew is an online prescription service, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. Blue Chew's licensed medical providers work with you to find the right ingredient and strength for your prescription. Don't like swallowing pills? No problems here. Blue Chew's Sildenafil and Tadalafil tablets are chewable. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, and they prepare and ship direct so it's cheaper than at the pharmacy. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code LOCKEDON at checkout and just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to receive your first month free and we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring the podcast. So we talk about trading the Minnesota pick, Connor, and I know it's much easier said than done, right? The biggest question, who would be out there? Who do you trade the pick even for? And I, the Bradley Beal stuff, that's mostly just a Twitter idea to me. Everything out of Washington sounds like Beal wants to stay there. I don't know who the player is, but again, I just have a problem with having two young guys on a team trying to make a championship run in the playoffs next year. I wouldn't trade the Minnesota pick for somebody like Marcus Smart. You know, I would have to be like an all-star caliber player. Um, but as far as that pick conveying, whether it's 2021 and it's number four or five or 2022 and it's unprotected, I would want to trade that pick as soon as possible. Because if this pick ends up going in 2022, Minnesota's not going to be great, but they're going to be better than they are this year, right? Carl Anthony Towns is going to be healthier. So already at that point and not dealing with all the personal stuff so immediately as he, as he is now, he's going to be better. D'Angelo Russell presumably will be healthy. Anthony Edwards will be another year into his development. Like that Minnesota pick could end up being something, you know, in 2022, like 11 instead of four or five. And at that point, it doesn't really hold much value. And at that point, if you're the Warriors, you risk kind of being where the Celtics were a couple years ago, where they just hoarded all these picks and wouldn't trade them just because they were waiting for the perfect guy. And instead they just, they end up with not a whole lot, 
uh, of talent out of out of all of that. And that would be my worry if I were the Warriors. And I just think that this this stuff has so much more valuable value now than it does the closer you get to the draft and certainly after the draft. So I, I would really consider trading it. Yeah, well, we'll agree to disagree okay. on that one. Um, I think if you're going to trade it, it needs to be for an amazing package. Um, but I am so high on this 2021 draft. Who do you like? I like pretty much all the top guys. Uh, Cade, Cade Cunningham. Well, he's not gonna, uh, Cunningham, we can agree that Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, those two guys probably don't fall to the Warriors because they can't get it if it's in the top three. Okay, Suggs out of Gonzaga. See, that would be uh, the one guy to me that I would probably like that. That's, that's the kind of, yeah, that's the monkey wrench in my plan. I think he can help you right now. Jalen sucks. Yeah. That would be the only, the only reason I would not trade out of that Minnesota pick. I love Jonathan Kaminga. I, I just, I, he's again, one of these guys who is not going to develop correctly on a team like the Warriors. He needs to end up like, how, how closely have you followed Ignite and what they've done at the bottom? I've watched the, the games on TV. So Close. Yeah, and so Kaminga's regressed a lot yeah. over the course of the bubble. He started out really strong. I watched the Santa Cruz game at the start of the bubble, and he was amazing. <laughs> like all, I was all the physical, all the physical tools you can ask for. But that's why I say he, you can't just play him ten minutes a game and expect him to develop. No, he needs to play for a team like Charlotte. Needs like like Lamelo Ball. He needs to get minutes. He needs to go out there and do stuff. Uh, that's why I would say Jalen Suggs to me is the only guy who's ready to contribute right away. And if it's not him, then I don't. I just I don't know who you take if you're Golden State and can expect anything meaningful out of that player within the first couple of years of their career. So I think both Jalen Green and Kaminga can be helpful NBA players as rookies. Um, I think that they're they're so physically gifted and they're so athletic that that in and of itself will make them factors. Um, their shots still have a ways to go, um, and they 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 definitely got to polish their games a bit, but. They could be helpful rotation players for a good NBA team next season. I want to move on to our final question here over the second half. Steph Curry, obviously having an MVP caliber type of season. It, it's going to take more than that, quite clearly, to leapfrog this play-in tournament, right, for, for the, the seven through ten seeds. Uh, he has played at this level all season long, and the Warriors are still basically slightly better than 500, still basically a fringe playoff team. Where do you think the help can come from for Steph, the help that they are going to need in order to be, to end up in one of these top six seeds? Well, let's just talk about who's on the roster right now. Um, I think that um, James Wiseman needs to produce more. And I, that kind of speaks to what we were talking about earlier. I really do feel like Steve not only needs to play James more for James's development, but I actually think that James can be the offensive spark plug that they need right now. Um, as good as Kavan is defensively, he, he doesn't score at all. Um, and I think that if you look at the guys who could produce more than they are right now, I think he's got to be at the top of the list. Um, you need Andrew Wiggins to kind of get through his – whatever he's dealing with now. I think, I think he's just tired, honestly. He had, he had such a strong start to this season, um, and he, he has so much responsibility offensively and defensively. You can't really fault him that much for having a little bit of a, of a, of a rut right before the All-Star break. 
Um, that to me, hope that-, that to me is the guy. It's Andrew Wiggins. I'm less inclined to think or expect that Wiseman can do very much more. Uh, I, I do think that if you get him on that second unit, like I like we were talking about, maybe you let him play through the first half of that second quarter, that he could fe- you know feast on other bench units, and maybe you get some just sheer volume of production in those five or six minutes. Uh, that could be helpful. But to me, it's Wiggins. Wiggins is the guy. I mean, this is the guy who let's remember you traded. D'Angelo Russell for Andrew Wiggins. D'Angelo Russell, when you his faults and his limitations, well documented, but he can at least make plays for you and create shots for you and score. We know that the Duke can get buckets. And what you are missing right now for the Warriors is another guy outside of Steph who can get buckets. And so you let one of you traded one of these guys who can do that for a guy in Andrew Wiggins who is a better fit, no doubt. Uh, is much better defensively, is overall better for this team, but you need to get at least 80% of that production that D'Lo otherwise would have given you, right? And for the most part, I think Wiggins has done that, but on nights like, you know, uh, Wednesday versus Portland where they just needed something extra with Kelly Oubre missing the game, I thought they could really have used, instead of 14 points from Andrew Wiggins, we don't need him to go out there and score 30, you just need him to score 20, 18, 20, 22 points. That's, that's all you're really talking about. They need that from him. To me, he's the guy uh, for the Warriors. And he actually, to me, would dictate their short-term window, championship run-wise, more than Wiseman. Because he's 25 years old. He's on the cusp of hitting his prime, 26, 27, 28. Uh, that's right here. That's right now. That's what we think the Warriors window is, right? Is the next two or three years. If he can make some sort of leap, into a 20 point per game score, doing it efficiently and playing good defense. I know that's a lot to ask, but if you can make, but we've seen that leap before, if we could from other players, if he can make that leap, that would have astronomical benefits to this, to this Warriors team. And we were talking about the difference between a fr- if Wiggins can do that, a fringe playoff team to one of the best teams in the Western conference, I think. Yeah, no, I, to me, uh, Wiggins is, is a huge X factor when they were playing. I mean, they, they haven't had like, a dominant stretch at any point this season, but when they were playing a little bit better at the, uh, you know, earlier in the season, that was when Wiggins was at his two way peak. Now he was locking guys up defensively and was being a, a worthy number two option to Steph. And, and, you know, I think he can be that guy. I just honestly think he's just tired right now. I think that's all it is. I, I think people are freaking out, but they don't need to freak out. I think, I think that come out of the all-star break, Wiggins is going to be close to the guy he was earlier in the season. Uh, Connor Letourneau, thanks for jumping on to the podcast. Tell the listeners where they can find you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at con underscore cron. Um, tweet out all my stuff and then read all my stuff at uh, Uh That'll do it for us today. Remember to subscribe to new episodes of Locked on Warriors wherever you listen to podcasts. Please rate, review, say nice things about the show. You can send your comments and questions to me on Twitter at WC Goldberg or email them over to wgoldberg at bayarea newsgroup.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. Have a great all-star break.